welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the 2001 Disney animated feature, Atlantis, The Lost Kingdom. My name is Sarah, and I am the mom of a six-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an adult, and a 10-year-old boy, and a 4-year-old boy, and let me just say, neither one of them were interested in this movie (laughs) in the slightest. No, no. I had my kid interested for, like, the first 15 minutes, um, because I think... It reminded him a lot of Indiana Jones in the beginning. Oh, and and he loves that one. We've talked about that. Yeah. So I think that he, like, was expecting something more, like, adventure-y to it. Um, But the – I can't remember. Does the movie open with the past of Atlantis or does it open with Milo? No, it opens with the past. And the first thing out of Ten's mouth was – I didn't realize the movie was going to be in this language. Yeah, what in the world was Disney thinking starting a movie with subtitles? How much, I, was, like, <laughs> subtitles? Did they even want children to watch this <laughs> film? Because I don't think they actually cared if children watched this film. And we'll get into that, because I think a lot of that has to do with the production team, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah. super interesting that that's how it started. And I was thinking back, and I'm like, how many times? I don't, I don't think that that happens any other Disney movie, like subtitles that a kid can't understand. Right, and I sold it to him. I mean, we're 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 really reaching the the breaking point of these movies, especially the Disney movies, mm-hmm. the forgotten classics being mm-hmm. exciting for the kids, right? Because they're like. I don't know, Mom. The last one was really bad. <laughs> and I well, sold I sold this as an adventure film. Yes, and there's yeah. action. And he was like, okay, I'll eat popcorn. That's all I'm going <laughs> to promise. And yeah, he went to bed early. He was like, nah, I'm done with this. So. Yeah. So same. Like, I... I was like, you know, I haven't watched this movie in forever. I know I've watched it. I've probably watched it more than once. But um, I was like, I'll, I'll try to get him to watch this one. So, like like I said, we sit down. At first, he's, like, totally turned off by the fact that I have to read subtitles for him. Because, like, he's not picking up the context of what's going on. It's not obvious enough without it, you know? Uh-oh. So... But then it started with, like, Milo at the school, and I'm like, oh, okay, and he was super interested, and he thought it was hilarious in parts, and then, like, totally lost him. As soon as they got to Atlantis, didn't want anything to do with it. No. Four was in and out of the room until the giant robotic lobster came, and at (laughs) that point in time, he totally noped out. He was like, no, uh uh-uh, this is just, he went upstairs to go play with his tablet because he was totally done, and like... The way that I get them to sit there for these fucking things is that I bribe them with popcorn and mm-hmm. candy. And if they hate the movie so much that they don't want to stick around <laughs> for popcorn and candy, I'm just saying it's not great. I And I feel like this movie had so much potential. Oh, man. <laughs> it really did. And so it came out in 2001. Yes. I had just gotten married mm-hmm. and was pregnant at the time. I am certain, though I don't remember it clearly, but I am certain that we went and saw this in the theater because I was pregnant at the time and that was how I occupied my time. Sure. My yeah. husband was in this brand new job managing an arcade And the only time we had was, like, when we left our tiny apartment and went out to do a movie. That was was our date thing Mm -hmm. for years. Our first movie was Star Wars, right? So we went and saw this in the theater. And I remember being okay with it at the time. Mm -hmm. But so the Rotten Tomatoes for this is, what, 54 
percent. Oh, you know what? I didn't even check. Let's see. I, you know, it's funny because I didn't even think to check because, like, who even thinks about this movie? No one <laughs> even thinks about this movie. Also, I'll... I called it the Last Kingdom. It's the Lost Empire. It's forty nine percent Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, do you want to re-record that so you can snob? No. Sn- okay, nah, we'll keep it. No. <laughs> It's fine. It's, Whatever. It's, this movie is so unforgettable. <laughs> we don't even care that we have the title correct. It's fine. And this movie, so it also, it came out the same weekend as Lara Croft Tomb Raider. So mm-hmm. that certainly didn't help. But in animation, also out in 2001, were Spirited Away, Shrek, Monsters, Inc., Osmosis Jones, and Waking Life. I mean, it was kind of a year that for animation. Year. Yeah, it definitely was. And so this, this movie, it's, it, this was and a not blip. just like, not just like a year for animation, but like notable in that a lot of what you just mentioned was technologically different for animation particularly monsters inc and waking life i would say Mm -hmm. because like monsters inc i know is notoriously when pixar was finally able to figure out how to do fur right that was like because you know they always talk about like a pixar movie always proves that they've figured something out so and monsters inc was fur and sully yeah wow so, and then, like, Waking Life, that's the, oh, I can't, what's the, the animation over filmed? Because it's, like, a link letter. Link letter, link letter. Whatever. Right. But <laughs> that's a whole, yeah. It's another a, it's story a for another time. But, yeah. Um, Not Spirit for Away. us, though, because that movie is totally for adults. <laughs> no, Let's that is be very clear. Life. We will never be reviewing Waking Life because <laughs> kids should not watch that movie. Okay. And then, like, Spirit Away is, what, probably one of the most famous uh, Ghibli, Studio Ghibli yeah. <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, this movie didn't have Shrek, a chance. Obviously, yeah. We, yeah. we've talked about Shrek. <laughs> so, yeah. This movie did not stand a chance. And <laughs> let's be clear here. I don't think it stood a chance before, given the genesis of this film, right? Okay. Yeah. So, Let's dive into the history. After the conclusion of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the production team of Don Hahn, Gary Truesdale, Kirk Wise, and Tad Burphy decided to do another Adventureland film. Because at this point in time, we were basically designing movies to be franchises with themed park rides and tons of merchandise. It's almost like this is when Disney made the decision that their... Um, their rides needed to be based on a movie. Because up until this point, that wasn't happening. Like, so tell so us much, about... Yeah. So much of Disney... I mean, you think of something like The Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, what are some other, like, notorious Disney rides? Uh, uh, Thunder Mountain, um... Uh, you know, there's a ton of them. Like, classic, original, infamous Disney is not based on movies at uh-huh. all. There, You would get, like, a couple, like, so the stuff that was based on movies, so things like Snow White, Peter Pan, those are all dark rides. And if you know what a dark ride is, it's not like you're putting, you're not putting a whole lot of, like, effort into developing a ride experience, you're basically just taking somebody through a story at that point. Um, A dark ride is like exactly what you would ride on in um, a carnival when you ride on those little rides in the dark, you know? And like things jump out at you. Yeah. And things jump out at you. That's essentially a dark ride. And um, up until like, it must be right around this point, all of the Disney rides that were based on movies were dark rides. Um, you weren't getting, like, roller coasters about mm-hmm. rides, <laughs> you know? So it's interesting to me that this flip happened. Um, yeah. This and... movie was apparently supposed to lead into, like, a pretty major 
reconstruction of Adventureland, it sounds like. Like, there were plans for... Adventureland and Submarine Voyage. So you actually know Submarine Voyage. I don't. Tell us. Yeah, so it's funny. We were just talking about this. I literally just watched the Defunct Land episode on the submarines. Um, You should totally check it out. Defunct Land in general is pretty awesome for, like, old school Disney knowledge. Or even, I guess they've branched out into, like, any amusement park at this point. But, um... So these, this movie was supposed to lead to a retheming of the 20,000 League submarines in Disneyland. I think they existed at one point at Disney World, but they've been gone for a long time at Disney World. I'm not sure. I don't remember the entirety of the story there. But um, so in Disneyland, there's this lagoon and it has these submarines in it. And essentially, you would get into the submarine. Um, it would look like you were underwater but you weren't really like the the submarine was above water the whole time, um, like 25% above water, 75% underwater. And you would go through like the story of 20,000 leagues under the sea. But um, the rides, it's like a notoriously finicky um, ride system. The boats leak. It, it breaks down all the time. It well, because it's co- in water. Seven, <laughs> yeah. 75% of it is in water. Yeah. It's like, um, its capacity per hour is 900 people, which is like significantly low for Disneyland. And yeah, for that comparison, sounds low. something like, um, the Haunted Mansion is 2,400 people per hour, which is kind of high. So, like, those are almost like the extremes at Disneyland. But, um, and then you have to, like, add on to that the fact that this ride breaks down a lot. Um, it's, it's claustrophobic. It's and there teeny is no tiny. onboard Audrey to fix everything yeah, for yeah. you. Right. So it's claustrophobic. You're in like a tin can. Um it is uh non at the time non ADA compliant at all. There was I'm no sure. way, yeah, to get anybody with any kind of a handicap into the ride. Um and so it closes and they're gonna retheme it to this ride. Or to this movie. This movie bombs. They decide they're going to retheme it to Treasure Planet. That movie bombs. They talk about retheming it to The Little Mermaid. Eventually, they retheme it to Finding Nemo. And at that point, it sticks. It's like, I think that happens in 2007. And it sticks with it for, like, until now. But the ride hasn't reopened post-COVID. Um, I think because there's just no way to physically distance in that ride. And California is being very strict on, like, their capacities and stuff. Um, but I, I would not be surprised if this was the final, like, death knell of this ride, because it almost seems to me like Disney's been trying to get rid of this ride for a really long time. And, like, it just, for whatever reason, it just keeps living. (laughs) Um, so. Had this movie done well, had this movie done well, it would have been great because it Mm -hmm. was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. It was inspired, we'll get to that, inspired by 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So the tie-in would have been. I mean, I should take that back a little bit. The, um, the submarine ride isn't 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I'm sorry. That's. The submarine light ride that's similar to the one in Disneyland, there's one in Tokyo Disney Sea. That is 100% 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The one in oh. Disneyland is actually based on the USS Nautilus and its trip to the South Pole, North Pole, South Pole, one of the poles. Um, but it's funny because, like, it feels like it's meant to be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea because there's, like, there's, like, a giant squid in it. And, like, it's fantastical. It's not... <laughs> It's not like, oh, look, we're explorers doing like a totally, you know, actual thing that would happen in, you know, the world. Um, Well, it's in Adventureland. So you're supposed to be on an adventure. Right. So, but it would have, I like, so in reading about what they were going to retool about it to make it um, an Atlantis ride, they... It sounds like they had these grand plans, but if you know, like, the plan out of what the ride already does, you can tell that it really wasn't as grand as it sounds. It's just a lot of, like, retooling what's already there. Like, they're going to, oh, they're going to have the encounter with the lobster. Well, you just, you switch out the squid for a lobster. For the lobster, right. You're good to go. Right. Um, But, yeah. The, um, but the thing that's interesting about the 20,000 Leagues 
situation in Disney Sea and why this is you know, why these two things go together is that the rides are kind of based on each other. Disney Sea does a lot of traditional Disney stuff better. Um, there's a whole history about why that is. Someday we'll talk about it. We've kind of touched on it in the past. But they have, you know, their version of the submarine rides is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It does not break down as often because it's not actually underwater. Imagine that. <laughs> um, it's just, it makes you feel like you're underwater. The thing that I think is interesting about it is that that opened in 2001 as well. And it has a section of it that is Atlantis. It is nothing, nothing about this movie, Alanis. It's like mermen and like whatever. But like, I'm really curious if there were any plans for that to have had a tie in here or if maybe, I don't know. It seems like Disney, if they were going to go that route, they should have taken more of like a, a cue from what was happening at Tokyo or yeah, Disney Sea. So um, my husband wanted me to mention that he thought, and and it's rare that I argue with him about history, that part of the reason that this movie tanked was because we had, at the same approximate time, discovered the the columns at Bimini. And I, I know. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's an archaeological <laughs> thing, but but there was actual archaeology going on that had to do with Atlantis. So yeah. the market, the news marketplace at the time, which remember y'all, was not online. It was 2001. Mm -hmm. So we were still mostly newspapers and TV with limited internet exposure. This was in fact the first movie that they used the internet to advertise and mm -hmm. it did not work well for them <laughs> there was this whole sub campaign that was sponsored by i can't remember who and like online and you were supposed to go watch shit and nobody did and it was very very embarrassing mm -hmm. so the news but the news at that time was saturated with real history about Atlantis the real supposed place and so when we had this animated movie that was bad <laughs> about Atlantis like it's really no wonder nobody went to watch it in the first place like and again I'm just I'm so confused by like what apparently Disney was planning for this movie like they really had like sky's the limit plans for what they wanted to do with the parks post this movie they were going to add a mountain to adventureland in disney world they're going to add fire mountain which i'm guessing is supposed to be like a lava mountain based on this movie uh, i would imagine um if you know about disney mountains they don't just drop them in willy-nilly they're like <laughs> they're like an iconic part of disney like it's not you know, we just don't put mountains everywhere, you know? It's not like, oh, and we need another mountain. It, that's, like, significant. <laughs> and before the movie was even released, they had already started animating the TV show. Yes, yep. And so eventually the TV... Oh, so the TV show, too! Interesting, right? Right. They were visiting all, like, these historic places or, like, legendary places... And, like, doing their research there, which, although Disney does that for, like, uh, their full-length animated features, for them to do that for a TV show seems a little excessive. Um, because the plan was going to be, like, going around and doing, like, taking care of, like, other legendary stuff that, like, was offshoots of Atlantis, considering that this movie sets Atlantis up as the cradle of life, right? So, obviously, that didn't go anywhere. They had a couple of episodes put together and they used that for the direct to video sequel of this movie when it tanked but they also were planning on a tie-in with that tv show to the tv show gargoyles so that because right there, it's the same production team yes so that should tell you right there what audience disney was planning for this movie and for this tv show because gargoyles is not a kid's show either uh -uh. it has if you ever want to look into it, the story and the depth of storytelling in the cartoon TV show Gargoyles is, like, epic. It has all sorts of lore. It's like a fully, 
fully fleshed out fantasy, urban fantasy, along the lines of almost like Highlander. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even talked about some of the shit that they did for this movie. Y'all. Yeah. Hold on to your hat. <laughs> but since we're talking about the money they spent, and they did spend a lot of money, I do want to go through the cast real quick because they pulled out all the stops for mm-hmm. this film and who they hired. And so, I mean, obviously we had Leonard Nimoy and John Mahoney. We had Leonard Mike... Nimoy was Kita's father. Right. John, John Mahoney, Mahoney is the old the, man. The old man, the rich old man, right? Michael J. Fox. And can we just say, I love Michael J. Fox, but he was bad here. Yeah, I, not a good voice actor for this. Not a good va- mm-hmm. voice actor. I was not impressed with his range. And no. I was really feeling like, and I, I was shocked by that because mm-hmm. I really like him. But upon reflection, Michael's very deadpan. And yeah. so you need his physical body to be able to see that he's, and, and they did not animate the deadpan well. Right. Milo was too much of a, um, like, eager, mm-hmm. um, eager, like, happy-go-lucky yeah, to an extent. Just, I don't know. Oh, not, don't know. you're right, not the dead, it's not Marty McFly. No. You know? They also had Jim Varney as Cookie and Ernest P. Worrell, if you're old enough to remember that. Uh, Slinky Dog in Toy Story, if you are not old enough to remember Ernest. It was his very last role. And then James Garner as Commander Rourke. And I think for me... I had issues with this because the first time I remember seeing James Garner was in Maverick. So as soon as I heard his voice, I decided that he was a bad guy. Not that I would have needed that prompt. No! Because did they not ever just lay it out for you <laughs> like you're a fucking moron? Oh, these that's, are bad guys, by the way. Exactly Can't what you I tell? Said. Like, how did... They're, like, the... The support soldiers are like every stereotypical nefarious World War Two bad guy, right? Uh, or yeah, World War I One mean, bad guy. It's World yeah, War it One was era. Wild, wild. Finally, and like the other thing, well, since I brought it up here, we can continue with the character actors and stuff. But um, I was really confused about that soldier design and how they just had, like, a bunch of randoms wearing masks that, like, you never see. Because that's, like, that's a thing that they do in action movies so they can reuse um, stunt actors. So, like, you'll see big fight scenes. People are always wearing helmets. It's because they don't want to hire 15 why are we stunt drawing actors. them that way? Right. Because but there's no reason using... in animation. <laughs> You'd think not, except that there's... So there's... This movie... Okay, so this movie was... Oh, I want to finish the cast first. And yeah, then I'll come back sorry. Because we have one last person that I want to acknowledge. Cree uh, Summer as Princess... I don't know. Kita. It's Kita because <laughs> the names here are clearly not designed for children and they don't say them. Like, no. we have. So, ugh. okay. So, Kita, <laughs> who you should know from many a place, she's got a really illustrious career, but you don't see her that often. She was Penny in Inspector Gadget. She was a bunch of the garbage pail kids, which I know I'm not the only one here who remembers fondly. Surely you nope. grew up on... No? Yes. No, I do. I, oh, I had okay. a binder okay. of them. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> she was also the little girl in the Care Bears movie. She was the next door neighbor, Susie Carmichael in Rugrats. And number five in Codename Kids Next Door. If you would like to know what she looks like, she was Winifred Brooks in A Different World. Her name, they called her Freddy. 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 The, yeah. Yeah. She was like the eager friend. I don't know yeah. how how better to, you know, the eager, happy-go-lucky friend. Um, Can we, who voiced the mechanic? So she <laughs> was voiced by Jacqueline 
Obradors, uh, who, um, here we go. NYPD Blue, Detective Rita Ortiz. That's probably where you know her from. Okay, because I can tell you who I think they wanted to voice the mechanic. Hmm. Rosie Perez. Probably. <laughs> like, can we talk about the mechanic? Do we, Man, do, is it, uh, do we even bother to talk about it? The, the characterization here is really, really problematic. And yeah. <laughs> the original the original screenplay as written was a hundred and twenty minutes long. <laughs> like that's long for adults, y'all. That is uh, so they cut it down significantly. But what they moved was most of the travelogue, right? Mm-hmm. And so you don't actually get to know any mm-hmm. of these people. Yep. And so I don't care. I, yeah, I don't no, care. No. And nevertheless, I, I bitch about this, but the travelogue itself was still almost 25 minutes, <laughs> which 10 was totally checked out for. And then you don't get, I, I don't know, the travelogue itself was terrible. You don't get the good characterization, but you get a lot of travel. Uh, it was it's terrible. Can Terrible. I tell you who my favorite character was? Okay. It was Vinny. Yeah. Who I just looked up. He was um, voiced by Don Novello. Who mm-hmm. you're, and this is going to be a stretch. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people who listen to us that know who he is. But it makes a lot of sense for if you know who he is like what he's famous for being and the voice choices he made for Vinny because he's famous for being Father Guido Sarducci on Saturday Night Live <laughs> who talks essentially the exact same way that Vinny does like I, Vinny well and let's be clear Father I've... Guido Sarducci has made appearances in many a TV show over the years <laughs> as Father Guido Sarducci like <laughs> But Vinny, to me, sounds like every person from Long Island I've ever met. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've always, I've always, yeah. My favorite line was when Milo is talking about how it took millions of years to create whatever, and he, like, explodes the thing and makes a bridge, Vinny does, and he's like, oh, you see that? That took me about 10 seconds. <laughs> see that bridge? It took me about 10 seconds to make. It was, I don't know, in context, it's a lot more hilarious. Well, that was the thing that I liked the most about this movie. So, I, normally, I capture a few of those. Like, this movie was just, oh, man, the I story don't know, man. I don't know. It's terrible. It's terrible, terrible. Okay. So, where are your parents? Well, one of them was a crotchety Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> and the other is a crystal in the sky. So, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this movie and how it makes absolutely no freaking sense? None so, whatsoever. So, this is how I understand what happens. Okay, uh, Leonard Nimoy is using the power for bad for world domination or something like that. Realizes it's going to be bad and does something, and then the crystal needs to protect itself, so it sucks up Kita's mom. Okay, I get that. <laughs> sure, whatever. Sucks up Kita's mom. I don't understand how that leads to them being where they are. The father puts the crystal, Kita's mom, underground and surrounds her by creepy statues of the previous kings. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So then Kita gets sucked into the statue or the the crystal. Do the crystal. And Becomes but, this strange psychosexual, what? like, yes! I, I can't be the only one who thought it was weirdly sexual, it can was. I? It totally Weirdly was. Yep. sexual. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, like, I still don't understand what happens to Kita's mom and why, when Kita gets released, why that fixes Atlantis, because... The no, choice no, 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 to no. have Atlantis as it was has something to do with hiding the crystal underground and the mom, but she has the bracelet at the end. So does she talk to her mom while they were in the crystal? 
So can I tell you what really bothers me the most? <laughs> yes. And not even any of those things. What really bothers me the most? How the fuck did they all forget how to read? Yes, that's a good one. Or pilot the ships. Because <laughs> it's do... not like... So I could maybe believe it if this was like a generation ship story where like... Right, these but people that's that are not here... the case. Yeah. They were so all I mean alive then. So what I mean by that is if we are now generations past, these thousands of years that have passed have meant, you know, generations of people have lived in Atlantis. That's not the case. These are no. the same people from day one. They don't age. They age incredibly slowly because Kita goes from being like a toddler to like a woman, but like a young woman. Uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, uh, her, Arguably, teen, young teenager, if you want my opinion on it, since the weird. Because uh, it is weirdly sexual in so <laughs> many ways. Like, oh, it's kind of gross, yeah. actually. Uh, uh, wow. And <laughs> but they forgot. How did they just all forget how to know. read? You'd think that if they'd been alive for 8,000 years, they'd also be smarter and not... I mean, because Kita's kind of dumb. She's pretty naive in terms mm -hmm. of people. or And I realize maybe the... But, man. <laughs> man. Yeah, I have a really, really hard time grasping that with it not being generations removed because right. like i don't under the only time that that's happened like I, i've read ton of fiction where that happens you know and it's always generations removed the fact that it's the exact same people or at the very least i mean we don't know we don't know maybe it's just kita and her dad that have lived this long maybe the rest of atlantis like cycles through i don't know because we don't know enough because we atlantis. don't ever get an answer to any of these questions so but even if we're just gonna go with it's only kita and her father who have lived for thousands of years and the rest of atlantis has cycled through generations that still doesn't hold up no it still doesn't hold up no and 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 it's and they they may have had some ideas about this, but the technology is really divergent. So they have the flying machines, but bows and arrows? Yeah. I, I, I don't... <laughs> but flying machines that can shoot? Right! The bow... Maybe the bows and arrows came after the loss of information? <sighs> See, and I feel like maybe this was probably oh, here, and so we got still... it on the TV show. All right. I have a theory you for it? you. I've just it? put together in my head. Head cannon? Okay, yes. let's go. <laughs> when Leonard Nimoy hid his wife as a stone underground, it wiped everybody's memory because he didn't want them to remember the stone. Remember? Because, like, they were using it for bad. So it wiped well, he everybody's memory. He was using memory. it for bad. Let's be clear. Well, yeah. He was using it for bad. So he okay. didn't want them to remember that he was using it for bad. So he wi it wiped everything. Because they forgot what the stone was, too. Right. No, none of them remember. That's, uh, that's it. I bet you that's what happened. It's not clear in the movie. It no, not it's not clear, clear by any means. Movie, but I had canon accepted. I think that works. And uh, so, and I feel like we'd have gotten this in the show because there was, can I tell you about Atlantean, y'all? It's a whole oh, language. fucking yeah. language, <laughs> all right? It was written and designed, and when I say written, I do factually mean written. It's a written language, too. Designed by Mark Okrand, the same guy who invented Klingon. So the written characters are called Boustrophedon? I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Sorry. And they're designed to be read back and forth, like water on a wave. So you read right to left, and then left to right, and then right to left, and then left to right. A whole ass fucking language that they <laughs> invented for a kid's movie, and they wonder why it tanks. I'm well, that's why they, that's definitely why they forced the subtitles on us then. Yeah. They thought that was a good idea for that reason, I'm guessing. Yeah. Whole ass fucking language that we were supposed to, I guess, acquire the same way that nerd boys acquired Klingon. 
man. Let's talk about the score, because I know you have complaints. It's not a musical. Well, obviously it's not a musical, <laughs> but there's not music to speak of either. I, I, you know, is there like a score though? Like, is there, there was music a in score. the movie? Oh yeah, there was a score, and it was written by. God damn it, I lost it. I had it and I lost it. Um, and now you'll never get it back because it's in a crystal under the ground. The crystal, <laughs> the crystal, the crystal is your mom, <laughs> James Newton Howard. I don't like, know who that is. <laughs> okay, well, then I'm going to have to give you some of his movies, because he is also responsible for Pretty Woman, The Fugitive, Space Jam, I mean, that's questionable, King Kong, The Dark Knight, Fantastic Beast, he works a lot with uh, M. Night Shyamalan, and does his movies, like, he's he's pretty... I think he also is responsible for most of the uh, score uh, for Blue People, Avatar. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, so that means he's done movies before. But Disney made a specific choice for this movie and for Treasure Planet to not have musical numbers. Right. And... If, and and the score exists, again, because he designed one, but you don't hear it, and no, it there's doesn't no... help. And I, and so I'm going to say this, and we are doing Treasure Planet next, so I'll quickly be able to correct myself in the next episode, but I think music has a much more important role in that movie than it does mm-hmm. in this one, because I can specifically tell you that there is a Goo Goo Dolls song in that movie, and I couldn't tell you a single thing about anything for music for this movie. Well, because it's score, and it's very subtle score, mm-hmm. and it's not, man. It just seems so weird for me, for Disney to completely, and it, to completely just decide, you know, we're just not going to have anything musical about this movie. It's like, it's just such a, a turn for them. Yeah. And like a wrong turn. And you don't, it doesn't mean that every movie you make has to be a musical. But no, make but your music have to something to do with the film. Something. Mm-hmm. So, okay. We haven't even gotten to the the big shit show about this film because there is one of course there is this film is suspiciously inspired by with bunny rabbit ears a number of other works in initial interviews the production team states that they were inspired obviously by 20,000 leagues under the sea right and miyazaki and studio ghibli's laputa castle in the sky they say the character of milo is patterned off of stargate's daniel jackson right they have this whole this is our origin story for this big sweeping tale Mm -hmm. that means nothing that is understandable in 90 minutes but apparently the story itself bears a striking resemblance to a japanese anime called nadia the secret of blue water, particularly in its use of the crystals and the characters, setting, and film production design. So much so that its production company, called Gainax, requested of its parent organization, the National Television Network of Japan, that they file a lawsuit for copyright infringement. However, who wants to tango with Disney? <laughs> Who wants to sue Disney for copyright infringement? Apparently nobody, because the suit was never filed. I don't know. I haven't seen it. You'd have to watch it and make your own judgment. But it feels legit to me. I mean, I'm just skimming what... through like the Google image results for it. And yeah, I can see. I can see what they're talking about here. I mean, I don't know the story. I don't know anything. You don't know about the it, but story. Just looking at but it, just looking at it, you can see what they're talking about. You have and- got just right off the bat. The images show a um, underdressed female character, a a nerdy 
guy with red hair and big glasses and a commanding-looking military official of some sort. Sound familiar? (laughs) So, if... Which explains, then, much of our discontent. No, if the story itself was plagiarized and then hacked to bits to fill a Disney production sequence Mm -hmm. of 90 minutes, then no wonder it fucking sucked. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I really, really... So I'm going to say this again, and I'm going this. I can't help but compare this movie to Treasure Planet, and I don't think that that's no. necessarily on, like, outside of what even Disney wants of you. Those movies were supposed to be Somewhat a series of together. events, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I. I thought I liked this movie better before I watched it. Oh, but me I think, too. I think I'm getting it confused with Treasure Planet. I think so, too. (laughs) Because when I told, when I announced movie night last night, because like I said, we're really reaching our threshold. So Mm -hmm. I can't even, I can't even give them notice that it's coming. It's so who, who's in for movie night tonight? And (laughs) my husband said, what are we watching? And I said, Atlantis. And he said, I'll pass. (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah. he uh, remembered it better than I did, I yeah. guess. Like, oh, I, I did. I remembered it somewhat fondly. And then I watched it and went, why did I remember this somewhat <laughs> fondly? I can't, I can't answer that. It's, <laughs> wow. So terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, so this movie, although it had big plans for the parks never really ended up being in the parks at all um for really just characters for characters when the movie came out they had Kida and milo as face characters and then um the mole guy moliere and uh-huh. Vinny as uh-huh. masked characters um Kita and Milo don't make any regular appearances in the state parks the stateside parks right now um they did show up in 2019 Disneyland did a Disney After Dark for Valentine's Day where it was like all couples. Uh-huh. So Kita and Milo. Yeah, I remember. That. We've we've discussed yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about that. Um the thing that I find is interesting is that Kita so this is like totally against the norm of what happens in Disney characters appearing in the parks. They will always appear in the outfit that they're most iconically known for wearing. Like it's very rare that they'll appear in like the outfit that they're in at the end. I mean Cinderella does, but like that's I'll give that's, her that. That's like yeah, you know. You know? Um but <laughs> Kita appears in the outfit she wears as a queen at the end, which can you even tell me what that is? What was she wearing? Do you know? No. <laughs> what was she wearing the whole rest of the film? A tube top Nothing. and a skirt, right? A tube top no. and a skirt. Oh, and so it's oh, like very <laughs> I guess I guess see cuz what I remember Kita as is see-through with nipples. <laughs> they weren't nipples. They were the the way her tube top cross fine because i have the same thought i'm like oh my god is that her nipples (laughs) so anyway she appears in her queen outfit which is like fully clothed robes (laughs) which is funny to me like Uh, man but like a lot of other weird like not very popular um disney characters they appear in like disneyland paris apparently with like some regularity i don't what's going on at Disneyland Paris but like come on guys (laughs) okay so I did also want to mention there is some conspiracy don't get your hopes up (laughs) because Sarah went down the rabbit hole of a live action redo of this movie supposedly it was I guess Guillermo de Toro, but he absolutely denied it on Twitter and Tom Holland as Milo, which so, I mean, I guess, but first things first, Guillermo del Toro is attached to literally everything at some point. It, it at seems some like, point right? in time. Right. And I'm fine with that. I love his vision. There are things that I wish he had gotten to like actually go through with, but I followed the 
breadcrumbs on this one, like sourced breadcrumbs. Right. And it all comes down to one article by some website called the Illuminati, which I have literally never heard about. Um, and they state that their sources at Disney are talking about this. Which okay, then. I could say my sources at Disney are talking about putting me as the star in the live action. I don't know. I'm going to be live action Mulan. Okay. <laughs> They're that redoing one's already it happened. again. Yeah. You know, like I, but who, who I, are your I, sources? I what is this? I don't know who you are. I don't know your website. I've never heard of it before. Um, and then, so, like, everybody else who's reported on He's that... He's a buster is, at a Hollywood restaurant. That's, yeah. that's who this is. <laughs> is quoting them. Like, all the Disney blogs okay. well, are fine. referencing them as their source. Of course so. they are. And this I feel is like this... why you so many things have happen. to follow the breadcrumbs, <laughs> yeah. y'all. Yeah, yeah. All I right. don't think it's happening, guys. I don't know. No, I don't, I, I, I don't... But the other reason I don't think it, it's happening is because Tom Holland is going to be Nathan Drake in the um, Uncharted movies. Like, that's that's happening. He's going to be Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movies. And Uncharted and Nathan Drake is like modern day, almost Indiana Jones. So I mm-hmm. can't imagine mm-hmm. that he would then be doing this movie as well. Because it's too... Is Uncharted a Disney property? I don't think so. It's based on a video I, game. I, I know, but uh, yeah, I feel like... I mean... I'll check really quick. I'll be honest, The we get really long-term contracts in Hollywood now that are sort of like indentured servitude, mm-hmm. and I want to say that doesn't Tom Holland belong to Sony? He does, and it is. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. So, I would find it really difficult to, for no. multiple reasons, believe but that But the least of that, them, that one. Mm-hmm. All right. We... Have Is there to anything talk else about... we want to talk about? <laughs> well, we have to talk about if the kids would actually do this, because it's on our list. But there are no children in this film, except for no. Kita at the very beginning. And she drops her bear and tries to go back for it. And yeah, she'd do that. Fuck the, and this. No uh, animals, either. Yeah. Yeah. No. Which So there's no, like, friendly animal companion, which I feel like in a lot of Disney movies where there isn't a child, you get something like that. Like Olaf in mm-hmm. Frozen. Mm-hmm. Or um, any of the animal companions that you come across in, like, the Disney movies, right? Like, I feel like that's, like, their placeholder for being a child and being able to, like, the self-insert. The best you get is Moliere, <laughs> and... Mm, he's weird. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me of Gru, too. Uh, yeah. Like, his... the When I looked up the um the character as it appeared in the Disney parks, it looks a lot like Gru. Not the same <laughs> property, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This it goes without saying that at no point in time did this movie make me cry. <laughs> no. Um, we've talked about age. This movie is not really appropriate for anyone, but the ten. It's not that it's inappropriate. It's that you're not going to get a kid. You're to not going to get any subtitles. interest. And 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 really, like even twelve to fourteen, there are some themes here that I was kind of uncomfortable with that you like watch it, I guess if you want, but whatever, <laughs> but whatever, no we Halloween costumes it. because there were no people i i I mean there were only people, and we don't dress up like I don't know whatever dress up is fuck oh I, I speaking even... of that, speaking of Halloween costumes, I don't understand Kita's hair. No. What is it? Is it a bowl cut and then she's got like long hair pieces underneath? It's a mul- it's a bad mullet. <laughs> it's a bad mullet. I uh, wow. And and the masks they wear as, you know, I, I so much about this movie that I just just <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. Anything else? Oh, I have one more thing I want to ask about. I understand why they would all be, like, uh, white-haired after living underwater for thousands of years, but they were all white-haired before that happened. They were also all white. Let's (laughs) be perfectly clear, since we're calling attention to the white of it all. Well, I mean, it's one civilization. Okay. This is how it's going to be in one civilization. There were no... I guess. 
I guess. Yeah. Uh, fine. You can't fault them for that. Except for, surely there were a couple of travelers no. from... They got no. stuck there? No. Right. No. no. They didn't. Interbred? No. Fine. No. Fine. <laughs> it's been thousands of years. Oh, well, we don't know what's happening, actually. I mean, those people would still it's... be there, apparently, or something. Jesus Christ, who knows? <laughs> it's time, Sarah. Time to be done? Well, yeah, but you have to score <laughs> it first. Oh, um, I mean, it's still not as bad as Happy Feet. <laughs> I was just about to ask, where does it rank on the Happy Feet scale? I don't know. Is it a two? It's a two. So. It made me laugh. Yeah. At least once. So. You know, Happy Feet was not my favorite movie, but after having to watch that one thousands of times, some of the Hugh Jackman stuff is kind of endearing to me. Uh, no, it's not. Nothing will ever be as bad as Happy Feet. It's so, I, man, I don't. I don't even. I, I feel like I rated Happy Feet like a two and a half or something, and I feel I like know, this because we lost all of our historic data. I I know. Well, eventually <laughs> I'm going to get somebody to put it back, but it's it's. It, we'll know someday. Someday we'll know. Someday we'll care enough to know. I don't know. It, it, this is bad, y'all. I give it a one. I, I can't yeah. even. I, can't I give even. it a two as long as that's better than Happy Feet. Probably. I I it has to be. Okay. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you come back and edit it later if we find out otherwise. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, we've mentioned next up is Treasure Planet. It'll be great. I have high hopes. I actually, I've actually seen this movie a lot in, like, the last ten years. So. Well, I, I hope you're correct because I remember this. I remember Treasure Planet fondly too, and now I'm now I'm really starting to worry. Really starting to worry. All right, if you want to find us, we are at Latchkey Movies on Insta and Facebook and various assorted other places. Latchkeymovies at gmail dot com. If you want to call and yell at us for how wrong we are about something, we're, you're more than welcome to do that. That's four zero two eight eight five four eight seven five. And if you want to buy us tacos so that we can eat them while we are watching these terrible movies. That would be greatly appreciated. It's ko-fi.com slash briar, and we will buy tacos and think of you. Yes, we will. <laughs> and that's all I got. That's all I got. This movie was terrible. I can't... I, I have no good pithy wrap-up here for no. the, this terrible movie. So, <laughs> I guess... Bye. See you later. Bye. Ho hope for better luck next time. <laughs> better luck next time! 